Welcome to Profit First Nation, the official podcast for entrepreneurs who are operating their businesses in the zone of permanent profitability. I'm Mike Michalowicz, the author of Profit First, and now here's your Profit First Nation guide, Daniel Mulvey. Welcome to Profit First Nation, the podcast for the top 17% of entrepreneurs with cash in the bank to correlate to their profitability. Profit First Nation is the podcast for intelligent entrepreneurs who have taken ownership of their financials and leveraged Profit First as a cash management system to make their businesses permanently profitable. I am Danielle Mulvey, an expert at guiding entrepreneurs on owning their financials in as little as 11 minutes per day and doing Profit First right. If you are a fan of Profit First and its author, Mike Michalowicz, you have found your tribe. We are a nation of successful entrepreneurs driven to be permanently profitable with a grit and a growth mindset that lets no obstacle stand in our way in pursuit of the three Ps, passion, profit, and play. On Profit First Nation, we dive into advanced Profit First strategies and we share the honest and authentic ups and downs of being a business owner. And he is back because it's an episode ending in eight the author of Profit First, live in the studio, Mike Michalowicz, and we are going to dive into his mailbox. Welcome back, Mike. It's great to be back. I cannot wait for episode eight. It's going to be great, and I need to go ice skate. <laughs> Thank you. Perfect. <laughs> it is winter in New Jersey. Yeah, this winter in New Jersey, where we already had our first hailstorm in October. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Well, let's hit up that first email. Yeah, so this first email came in from Tashika S. And she says, hello, Mike. I've listened to your book, Profit, first. She didn't put first in there, I'm asserting, I assume. And plan on listening to it again because I am sure I missed a few things. I recently started a tutoring business in February 2021. However, I have not taken an owner's draw allocated for taxes nor profits. I really need help as this is uncharted territory for me. I recently filled out the form to inquire about a profit-first professional because I'm afraid if I don't take action soon, I will never do it. However, I'm dreading the cost because I am a new business owner and have not made a significant profit as of yet. I currently need all the help and guidance I can get. I hope you, I hope you really do read the emails personally or else I would be highly disappointed. And again, that's from, and there's like a little frowny face. That's from Tashika S. You know, Tashika, if you're, if you're listening in, and Danielle, my thoughts on this is uh, it's like it's a little bit like going to school is uh, sometimes we make an investment prior to the return. You know, the, when I went to college, they said, because you have your college degree, you'll get a great job. But here's the interesting thing. Like you had it. I did you know, take four years of education, a massive investment. And then there is no promise at the end. Working with the profit first professional, it is a do it together experience. So this isn't like you're going to make a big investment and then wait for a couple of years to see how it pans out. You will make an investment and the profit first professionals are well worth every single penny and you'll be working in conjunction with them. So the return is immediate. Now I'm not saying you're going to be profitable immediately, but you'll have the system put in place. It's kind of like going to a gym. Like you're not going to come out of there perfectly fit or achieve your health goals within one session, but the groundwork's going to be put in place the, the system's going to be put in place and then sticking with the exercises. And that's what a profit first professional does. They more than earn their value. I, 
and and I know I'm biased here because I've been living profit first professional. I have a profit first professional myself. I'm listen. I wrote the book. I still need that accountability and that coaching. And I have a call every two weeks with Karen, my profit first professional. And you will derive benefit the earlier you get working on profit first, especially under the guise of someone knows how to do this properly and fully and care for you, so you don't injure yourself in the you know injure your business. A profit first professional is the person to get started with. I think you'll be very happy with that investment. And, you know, I'm just going to be brutally honest here with Tashika too, is that, I mean, you started this business almost a year ago and you've not taken owner's draw allocated for taxes Mm. or profits. So, you know, when is it going to get better unless you take some sort of big action now? And, you know, you should allocate to a certain degree or budget, better term, sorry, budget a percent of your operating expense to accounting, because that is going to give you clarity on your numbers. It's going to give you a profit first professional coach to make sure that your books are compliant, but also give you that guidance that you need to get past the fear and to successfully implement profit first. And that investment is not a significant investment. I mean, uh, because over time, that investment will lead you to actually having dollars in your bank account that you've allocated to correlate to your profits. Uh, you'll allocate to owner's draw, so you'll finally be paying yourself or owner's pay, and you'll have money set aside for taxes, which are all things that you're not doing right now. So I don't know what's going to change unless you do something. So my challenge to you, Tashika, is that you know, make that investment, it's a nominal investment in a profit first professional who will get you on the path to permanent profitability, help hold you accountable on that path. But I think the other thing too, is that hopefully you're now listening to the podcast as well, but there's only two ways to increase profitability and that's increased margin and decreased expenses. And if you're not making your numbers you're either not charging enough in your tutoring business or you've got too high of expenses, but hiring a profit first professional is, is going to help you fix that, <laughs> fix those two yeah. things, increase margin and decrease expenses. Hey, Danielle. So Tashika got not just an email response from me, but now also us uh, giving her some verbal feedback. So uh, hopefully we avoided any disappointment, but also uh, it may be a little bit of a dip in ice cold water uh, call to action. You got to do this. And raise your prices. I can already, I, I just can sense. <laughs> yeah. I can just sense the big problem is is raising their prices. I was on a call with a couple of members in our all-in community yesterday. And uh, one of the members was talking about this other business that they have. Um, and it's a really cool business, but we've never really dove into it. And uh, she was saying that she charged $500. And um, Josh uh, Katz, shout out to Josh at uh, Ben Yehuda Pizza, was just like, oh my gosh, that's not enough. You need to raise your prices. And I was like, yes, I didn't even have to say anything. That's not really my job. <laughs> that's so, nice when the community is uh, supporting the community. Yeah, Tashika, raise those prices. All right, the next email, even though it came to your inbox, I'll read it. Hi, Mike, how are you doing? Thanks for getting back to me, even though I'm not sure if this is really you or some automated response. <laughs> I'm getting bashed by people. Are Sorry. you reading these? Are you responding? I'm reading them you? verbatim. Um, <laughs> it was me. 
but I want you to know that I have completed my instant assessment and it appears like my numbers may be wrong altogether. I have put zero in profit because there's nothing in the bank to back that up. And our owner's comp may be higher because I may have taken more over time from the company during travels and such, but the highest one was the operating expenses, which is ridiculously high. I'm wondering if I did it right. Is there a way for you to walk through with me and my numbers and tell me if I did it correctly? And most importantly, where I have to fix it? Hope to hear from you soon. Kind regards, Shamiro. So Shamiro, one thing we need to understand right away is how profit and owner's comp is disparate accounts with disparate functions. So the profit account is a reward for being a shareholder in the business. The fact, Shamira, that you started your business and or maybe someone else started it, you invested in the business, means you've taken on risk. And uh, Daniel, there was a study that came out, oh gosh, I can't remember the source now, but in the last couple of years, and uh, they do this survey regularly, but the percentage of people that are entrepreneurs, and I think it's about, I was misquoting, originally I thought it was about 7%, but it was actually about a little bit over 10% of people start businesses. Um, so if you look at your kindergarten class, my kindergarten class was... 30 students times 10% is a little over, say it's 12%. That's now 3.6. So four, four kids out of 30 from your kindergarten class started an entrepreneurial endeavor. The interesting thing is the success rate is about 25%. So that means of those four who tried, one has sustained. So one person from your kindergarten class has started to sustain the business. And Shamiro, um, you're one of the few also. The profit account is a reward for doing that. Starting and building a business is freaking hard. And uh, it's like investing in public stock. I own stock in Ford and some other public companies. When they send their profit distributions, that's a reward for me for making that investment, taking the risk, hoping the value will increase, but knowing that it could go down. When you start a business, you own shares in your own business. And if the value goes up, good job you're going to benefit from that. But you're taking the risk too of the value going down. So profit is a reward for being a shareholder. Owner's comp is pay for the work you do within your business. And the real simple thing is if we had to replace you, the work you do, what would we pay that person? That is a salary you should be taking because you're serving that employee role. Now, owner's comp also is a fund for your lifestyle. Too many people, without using the profit first system, will blend any source of money coming from the business, um, profit, if they have any, which many don't, owner's comp, but they kind of glom it together as distributions. In fact, some businesses even take on debt to pay themselves. So they'll run expenses through the business on credit, credit card, and that leaves some extra money left over, and then they take out of the business as compensation. Really, that's a credit card. You basically had the credit card pay yourself. You just kind of laundered it almost, not in the negative sense, but I know that's a very negative term, laundered it through your business. Owner's comp is what you must live your lifestyle off of. You see, at home and in business, we are effectively conjoined twins. And if if the business is struggling financially, you're going to struggle at home. And if you're struggling at home financially, the business is going to pay the consequence. And that's why here happening in this scenario is taking too much owner's comp, overpaying myself, draining the business, so I can sustain externally and I'm barely getting by. And therefore now the business is starting to take on that load and it's going to crush the business. We have to normalize the owner's comp as pay to pay for the work you do. And you have to adjust your lifestyle to that. 
there's, there's a reason there's a profit first life section in the book. Our lifestyle must be in, in concert with what the business can support. And that's what the owner's comp does. Then the profit account, which you should be accumulating. And it sounds like in your case, we got to shift the percentages here to get the profit to the right number. Every 90 days that comes out and that's a reward to you for being a shareholder. And it really is a reward. Your job is to use it in a way that serves you. If you have personal debt, you got to wipe that out. But uh, if, if you to have, once you've taken care of that, uh, maybe it's going on vacation, maybe it's saving for future, however it rewards you. It does not go back to the business. We have to do that every 90 days though, because we want it to be a reward. If you take out profit frequently every week, every month, it's basically just another form of owner's comp. Owner's comp is the thing you regularly draw and live off of. Lifestyle standard profit is a bonus above and beyond. And by doing it every 90 days, you get excited about anticipating the next one that's right around the corner. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I mean, I think this is just, I, I, I wrote down in my notes, like, totally typical, like 99% of businesses where I've done profit-first assessments, they've been using their business checking account as a personal piggy bank um, and just taking money when they see it and serving themselves with it instead of understanding what the intention is of that money. And, you know, oftentimes see too that, you know, when you do your instant assessment, um, and you add up the numbers, they are, it adds up to greater than a hundred percent of your Ooh, total sales, now. right? I mean, we see it all the time. Um, and so this isn't uncommon, but, but only you can fix this, uh, Shamiro. And it is like Mike is saying, like getting those percentages right when it comes to profit, owners pay your tax account and your operating expense account. Um, Tashika sounds like she needs to increase margin and maybe decrease expenses. But for you, my friend, it sounds like the opportunity is definitely to focus on decreasing expenses first. All right, our next email. So this came in from Dustin, Dustin A. He says, hi, Mike. I greatly appreciate your insight in the books I've read, and I'm excited to implement these strategies. Not sure if there is an order to reading the books. I feel like I am reading them out of sequence. I read in this order so far, Pumpkin Plan, the toilet paper entrepreneur, clockwork. I then downloaded the fix this next to read after clockwork, but felt the pull to read profit first next, which I subsequently read. I am listening to the audible version. And then I've purchased the hard copy and plan to reread and apply the action steps. When I reread the books, do you recommend an order? I know you're busy and I truly appreciate your time. Thanks again, Dustin A. Um, yeah, busy. I'm busy helping you, my friend. That's my goal. So Dustin, you know, it's funny when I am asked and it's, it's pretty regularly like, oh, you, you have a lot of books. Which one should I read next? I used to give the wrong answer. I'd say, oh, read, you know, and I'd rattle off my most current release, which happens to be my money bunnies that just came out. And the reason I wrote that book specifically is enough people are reading profit first saying, I wish I could teach this to the next generation. And especially when they're young to prepare them to run fiscally disciplined lives in a, in a joyful and easy way. And that's why I wrote my money bunnies. So I'd be all on the hype train for money bunnies and say, Oh, read that book. That's the game changer. And I, I believe they can be, if that's the game you need changed, you see, I don't know what book you need to read. And honestly, I don't even know if it's a book I've written where we need to start is where you face the biggest challenge in your business. What's the biggest bottleneck or impedance? Are you struggling with profitability? 
then that's the issue. Or do you have no sales at all whatsoever? Well, we need to get sales in, and then you should perhaps read Get Different or Pumpkin Plan, which address that stage of a business. Or maybe you're just starting out and don't know what to do next. Maybe that's Toy Paper Entrepreneur or Fix This Next. So we have to know what our problem is. If you don't know what your problem is, that's why I wrote Fix This Next. Fix This Next is a tool to identify what you need. Now, the other kind of little disclaimer is, I think any good knowledge is still good knowledge. It may just not be immediately applicable. So if, you, if you're reading profit first and you don't have a profit problem, it's still a system that you may want to loosely implement. But honestly, I wouldn't concentrate my efforts there if we don't have a profit problem. And if it's just raw efficiency issues, then I would, I would focus there. But if you are having a profit problem and you're in the book, let's get an implementation going since you're moved along that far already. And then I'd encourage you to identify your next challenge. If you don't know what it is, read Fix This Next, and that will help you identify where your next challenge is. And uh, you can also, once you finish reading Fix This Next, you can go to oc.fixthisnext.com to do the complimentary Fix This Next assessment, which will show you what um, your greatest need is in black and white and a little color too. And, and that's free. Yeah. OC.fixthisnext.com is a free site. So definitely go there. And we will have that in the visual recap too for you. All right. Um, email number four. Hello, Mike. I've been in the family cleaning business for eight years now, and we are always short on money for buying supplies. So I keep wondering, what are we doing wrong? We finally hired an accountant because I was doing the accounting part myself, but couldn't focus completely on sales and other activities. Not even the accounting part was fully accurate because I was doing a bit of everything. My mom manages the, quote, finances part, and I knew we had debts, but with the accountant, I just came to realize that these debts are way bigger than what I thought, and my mom tells me not to worry and that she knows how to handle it, but the truth is that I think if she knew how to handle it, the debts shouldn't be that big. She's got to a point that she doesn't seem to care about the business anymore, but doesn't do anything to fix those debts either. And I am the one that is stressing out. The title of your book really caught my attention. I definitely will apply it to our business. Kind regards, Carolina N. So the easiest way to navigate debt for one day is to simply ignore it the next day it will still be there. And it's the accumulating effects of debt sitting there that causes stress, overwhelm. And of course, you'll be called to pay those back. So they don't go away by ignoring them. But for at least one day, it is easiest to ignore. And sadly, that's the state of affairs around so many things. Is it's easier not to do if I can simply just put it off for, to manana. And it sounds like uh, there's a manana syndrome going on here. The other thing is, Expertise in in uh, n- number crunching and, and and reviewing and reporting is one thing, but a cash management strategy that eradicates debt is not what I see. So, mom understands the finances perhaps, but doesn't sound like she has a cash management strategy to eradicate debt. And so, that's what I'd ask mom to do. Now, <laughs> here's another thing, and this is bold, but you have the right to fire mom. And I'm not just saying that um, figuratively speaking or, or etherally speaking, like, oh, conceptually, I should say, you have the right to do it. 
and I've fired my mom. My mom and dad, my very first business, helped around the uh, office. They were office cleaners, which was ironic, but they helped clean my office, and that was awesome. And then my mom started helping with different parts of the business and responding to customers and stuff like that just because I needed someone to fill that role, and it was not her capability, her propensity. It actually hurt the business. So I met with my mom and said, I don't need you here. And she said, are you firing me? I said, yes. She goes, oh, thank God. (laughs) She wanted to go. Maybe mom doesn't want to be there, but you're the one still clinging on to her. I invite you to bring in the right person to do it right. And it starts with you, Carolina. The beautiful thing is you, with Profit First, is you don't have to be a master at the numbers. You should hire someone that is, but you simply need to know the basic cash flow management principles that are taught in Profit First. Even myself, I run... And, and involved in quite a few businesses, collectively, it's, it's pretty sizable now. And I don't crunch the numbers. I don't input the data. I run profit first every day to know where I stand. And then uh, when there's a red flag, I pull out all the, the financial sheets, the income statement and balance sheet and cash flow statement, call my accountant my, and or my bookkeeper and go through it. And quarterly, I go through those things with their guidance. I don't do it solo. You don't have to be a master at accounting. You don't have to be great at finances to have great cash flow. Just implement the profit first principles. And this is a this is a proven process and system. And it sounds like you guys haven't been on the same page. You've been handling the bookkeeping, but you haven't really been necessarily privy to the balance sheet and seeing what's going on in terms of those liabilities that keep growing. So what's great about profit first is it's an objective system. And um, you can blame it on Mike. Mike. Uh, <laughs> exactly. It's Mike's rules. It's not It's not your opinion versus your mom's opinion about things. You guys have come together on the same page and decide to implement profit first and put yourselves on the path to permanent profitability with an objective, an objective process and system for your cash management. So good luck to you, Carolina and Carolina's mom. All right. Our last email, Mike. Says, hi, Mike. So I'm just writing to say I've kept going. I'm just about to finish my second quarterly cycle with Profit First and happy to report that I have cash flow and profit. I've also used the one more day method and avoided lots of spending. And I'm just a heck of a lot more frugal and happy saving these days than spending in general. So thanks. I recommended your book to several people. Thanks for helping me see success from the start of my business and for seeing it as profitable. Thanks, Sarah. So uh, I love this email. It really touched me in, in so many ways. First is right in the middle of that email. She says, I'm, I'm more frugal and happy saving these days. Um, oh my gosh. And me, Danielle, maybe remember it was, I think it was Susie Orman. The, yeah, it was Susie Orman. Susie Orman is a financial expert on television. I don't know how active she is anymore, but I remember seeing her 15 years ago a recording of a presentation she did. And she said to the audience, I'll make you rich today, or I'll make you wealthy today, I should say. I'll make you wealthy today. She goes, the day you get more joy out of saving money than spending money is the day you become wealthy. And I was like, that was it. Wealth is a mindset. And this need or compulsion to spend more than we make is almost a compulsion to fake it, uh, to show progress to ourselves or to others that really isn't happening. But the day we start getting joy out of saving more than spending is the day you start bringing that confidence internally. It is a game changer. 
and I'm not saying to be cheap uh, where you're, you're cutting your nose off to spite your face. I'm just saying to be frugal and thoughtful. One of the techniques in the book I talk about is one more day. This came from Paul Scheider. He is the owner of Hedgehog Leather Works. I was a co-owner in the business for a period of time and uh, subsequently exited. Uh, and he's continued to grow the business on his own. He's just an extraordinary human. I was traveling with him one day. We're driving and they needed equipment. They're a manufacturer. And he goes, I need some equipment, um, some basic stuff. I'm going to go to Home Depot. And we go driving by the Home Depot and he doesn't pull in. I'm like, there was the Home Depot. He's like, oh, I know, I know. He's like, I'm going tomorrow. I said, oh, okay. Well, I was with him for a full week. The next day we're driving. He's like, oh, I need to get some, I'm going to go to Home Depot. And we drive by it again. I'm like, uh, there's the Home Depot. He's like, oh, no, no, no. I'm thinking about it for tomorrow. I'm like, okay. Well, this is his routine. When he needs something, he gives himself the mental permission to prepare for the purchase, but doesn't make it. He intentionally says, can I just get by one more day? Or can we see if there's alternatives just for one more day? And what I notice is about 50% of the purchases he was considering making, he doesn't make because it ends up not necessary. It was a flippant choice. And then the other half, the end of the week comes and then he does his Home Depot run and says, okay, here's the things uh, I commit to getting. He, he, he doesn't make it a do or die situation. He affords himself that time. I thought it was just a real cool mental hack to, uh, to managing money. And uh, the last thing I just want to acknowledge, Sarah, I'm just so excited that Danielle and I have been maybe perhaps a very small part of your journey, but to be part of your journey is a privilege. And thank you for what you're doing for our economy. Your business success is more than just about you. You are contributing to your family. You're supporting them, your employees. You're contributing to them and supporting them, your community, and our world. So your success, Sarah, is a big deal. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Mike. Mike's episodes are episodes ending in eight. So we will see him again next on episode 98. We talked about it. An investment in a profit-first professional can really get you on the fast track to profitability and keep you accountable. If you would like to work with a certified profit-first professional, then please visit ProfitFirstNation.com and click on contact. And of course, we did talk about resources and we've got some extra bonuses for you on our visual recap. And you can get that by also going to ProfitFirstNation.com, clicking on resources, where you can also opt in to receive our weekly visual recaps of each episode sent to you by text and or email. Cheers to another profitable day, my entrepreneurial friends. Profit First Nation website, related podcasts, and resources are provided for general information purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional.